Hey, it's me, Rod Morgan, a longtime listener and semi-professional host of the Morgan Eno podcast, a pop culture, sometimes music, sometimes movies, sometimes TV podcast, always entertaining podcast on the Morgan Eno podcast network. Listen to us wherever you get your podcast. That's an awful lot of podcasts. That's the Morgan Eno podcast. Hello, Internet. The Morgan Eno podcast network presents... Balls and Brew. Welcome to the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your host, Rod Morgan. This podcast, as well as every other podcast on this network, is produced by James Jam Riska. Happy Thanksgiving! You will probably be listening to this on your way to your Thanksgiving festivities. Maybe you'll be listening to it while you're getting all of the food ready for your relatives to come invade your space. So we have a little bit of a a special pod here for you. We're going to give you a Thanksgiving present. It's not prone to give presents on Thanksgiving, but we're going to give you a Thanksgiving present at the end of this Balls and Brew. Not only are you going to get football up top, NFL Week 12, as you're used to, And not only are you going to get the fast break, which is new on the scene, but everybody loves it. That's still going to happen for you. At the end, you're going to get wrestling picks. A quick little taste of what Jimmy and I do over on our wrestling podcast here for you on your Thanksgiving weekend. We appreciate you joining us. And by us, I mean the producer of this very podcast, James Jamriska. Jimmy, hello. It is week 12. Let's go. Chris King is joining us from North Carolina. Chris, hello. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. And of course, if we're talking football, we have to have our NFL handicapper. He's coming in with a record of 18-13-2. It's Josh Williams. Josh, hello. What's up, boys? Thanksgiving week. We got some Maui Invitational for college basketball. My favorite uh, college basketball tourney. We got the Hoosiers still undefeated. What a What a great time to be alive. I love it. You are keeping up the tradition of bringing up college basketball in your intro. I love that, Williams. It is Thanksgiving, as I've mentioned a couple of times. Chris said, happy Turkey Day. We're not going to belabor the point, but my question to all three of you is the same. Do you have a Thanksgiving eating strategy? Do you have a specific food you want to get to first? Do you have a specific food you want to get to last? How many plates do you go into the day thinking you're going to eat? Do you have a specific time you need to start eating? Jimmy, I'll start with you. Any any strategy going into the big day? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm uh, I'm just meat and potatoes. I like my white meat turkey breast. I like my potatoes. I like my stuffing. I want to get that taken care of, put some gravy over all of that. And then I'm good to go. I can have, I'll have some other stuff, but I really want to focus on those main three. Okay, but so you don't. I mean, is there a certain time that you want to have all of those? I mean, you know, come on, you got to give us something, Jimmy. You just came on here and said you're going to eat turkey and mashed potatoes and some stuffing and put gravy on it. Everyone's doing that for Thanksgiving, Jim. Come on, give us something, something that's unique to the Jam Risk strategy for Thanksgiving Day. Dude, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to find. What time do you want to eat at? Give me that at least, Jim. Uh, I would like to eat. Um, I would like to eat at one o'clock. I okay, like, so you're uh, you're you're almost after. make it lunch. You're more make yeah. it lunch guy. I'm a lunch guy. Yeah. All right, there we go. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy is a little bit exhausted. He has admitted that. We're hoping to draw something out of Jimmy by the end of this podcast, but he is exhausted. We're hoping to draw something out of him. Williams, come on. I know you're an eater. You got to have something for me here. Your Thanksgiving Day strategy. You handicap football games. Are you handicapping the way you eat on Thanksgiving? I'm eyeballing the deviled eggs right off the bat. I got to get got to get the good deviled eggs. 
And uh, I don't know, man. I used to <laughs> – I'm going to disappoint you, man, because my strategy now is just to not overeat because I, I used to just always overeat so much and just feel terrible the rest of the day. So I got to watch it with that, man. I'm actually actually getting up early, running in a 5K. I'm, I'm going to disappoint you guys here. But, uh, that, hey, maybe that just uh, gets me more I, – I can, I can do more damage later on in the day. Listen, everyone, please stay with us. I promised you some entertainment on Thanksgiving. <laughs> please stay with us. We will get there. Williams, I guess I'll, let me let me ask you this then. Give us a day of the old Williams, right? How many plates would old Williams put down? Oh, the guy that man. you're trying not to be anymore. Tell us about an old Williams day. Yeah, at least two and a half, man. It's the mashed potatoes, the ham, the stuffing, the deep fried turkey. You just keep going back to it, and then just keep going back to the deviled eggs. Just uh, maybe some maybe some uh, sweet potatoes. Uh, just just fantastic stuff there all right chris you don't quite go back to the first thanksgiving <laughs> but you've clearly had more thanksgivings than all the rest of us on this podcast chris come on give us something good here what's what's your strategy going into turkey day do you know right away how many plates you're going to eat do you know what you're eating first what you're eating last what do you got for us okay so you got to start off the day prepping yourself all right that means wearing loose pants you know Put a belt on, wear some loose <laughs> pants. By like plate number three, you're going to be loosening that belt up and you got some room to expand in those pants. You got to think ahead there. First plate, you need to be majority meat. Get that meat while it's hot, while it's fresh. Get that ham, that turkey, and maybe a side, whether it's mashed potatoes or maybe some, some uh, uh, green bean casserole or baked mac and cheese, something like that. I do stay away from See, that's the a pro tip right the, there. Those... That's a pro tip. Let's stay with that real quick, Chris. That's a pro tip. Get on that turkey while it's still warm and juicy, right? That yep. thing's only going to dry out. Get a hold of your turkey ration early. Those sides, guess what? There's a microwave somewhere. You can give your oh, aunt yeah. your plate. She can go heat those sides up for you. They'll be there. Get that turkey while it's juicy. I love that out of you. Yep, yep. Watch out and for the biscuits, though. See, I don't like that you're bringing up biscuits. I no, try to I'm avoid all bread on yeah, this. No, day. that's what I'm saying. You stay away from the bread. You know, oh, okay. uh, uh, some starches, some starches are okay. A little bit of mac and cheese, a little bit of potatoes, but you want to stay away from the stuffing. You want to stay away from the bread. That's just going to fill you up and you're not going to get the good stuff because you're going to want to go three plates deep on the main courses and the side dishes, but you need to save room for that last plate of desserts. Absolutely. See, that's my strategy. My strategy is I'm coming in and a lot of people have put together a lot of sweat and tears and frankly money with how much groceries cost these days, right? So I'm going to come in and I'm going to try to sample a little bit of everything, right? There's going to be checks Mix laid out. I love the checks Mix. I'm going to hit that, but I'm going to make sure I don't overdo myself on the checks Mix because I got other things to eat. I'm definitely checking in on mashed potatoes. I'm going to have a bigger portion of those than of the other dishes that I don't really want. I'm going to have the turkey early, like we stated, make sure it's juicy. But then the desserts, here's what I love, and this is why my family is the best, all right? This is an underrated pie, and it is actually the official state pie of Indiana, and that's the sugar cream pie, all right? Look into a Delicious. sugar cream pie out there. Get yourself yeah, get yourself one from a bake shop. Have somebody make you one. A sugar cream pie is a real standout when it comes to a dessert on Thanksgiving Day because pumpkin pie is fine and whipped cream is great, but something about that sugar cream pie doesn't hit as hard as pumpkin pie on top of the already deep Thanksgiving meal. Chris, I hear you echoing that. Are you a big sugar cream pie fan? Oh, I will take that over the pumpkin, over the pecan. I'll put whipped cream right on top of that sugar cream pie. It is delicious, and it is the official state pie of Indiana. All right, so the last question I'm going to ask here, and you just, and I just thought of it because of what you said. Is it pecan or is it pecan, Jimmy? It's pecan. 
Williams, pecan or pecan? <laughs> pecan. Yeah, see, I say pecan as well. There's no pecans on this podcast. That's good. Pecan is funnier, though. Yeah, I think it's a little pretentious. And if you know Balls and Brew by now, you know we are not pretentious because we have the Tom Cruise game of the week. We have three things Chris knows. We have Jimmy's face and heel. And, of course, the handicapper is going to give you his three picks. Where to start? Let me look down at my sheet here. You know what? Let's start with some preseason predictions, if we will. Let's start with one from me, your buddy, the host, Rod Morgan. I believe I told you all Kansas City was going to roll through the AFC. It didn't look like that early, but if you look up at the standings right now, who is on top in the AFC, who looks like they're really, really good, and who's coming off of a big victory? Jimmy, start us off. Tell us more about Kansas City. Hey, my face this week is Patrick Mahomes. 329 yards passing, three touchdowns to Travis Kelsey. And of course, with 31 seconds left, Mahomes has the ball. You know what's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's going to score. He just needs one second on the clock, and you're still nervous. Patrick Mahomes, my face of the week. Williams, I was watching the end of that game, and I had you in mind the whole time because I know that you break down these coaching decisions and stuff. Do you believe there's anything different San Diego should have done in that game? Is there something they should have done different that not end up where they did? Not San Diego, Los Angeles. I do that all the time still. I mean, I I thought they actually played well. I mean, I've had a problem with, with the OC all year, the Joe Lombardi, or maybe more so the GM. They just haven't had – they should have got Herbert more speed on the perimeter. And Lombardi's been calling a bunch of uh, pass plays that are like 5.6 yards down the field. I mean, Justin Herbert was born to throw lasers down the field, man, not, not dink and dunk. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they get a, a speedster – you know, on that team that can help them, uh, you know, get the get the defense, to, you know, to worry about long passes because, I mean, Mike Williams gets hurt, Keenan Allen, you can never count on him. Um, I mean, Herbert deserves better here, man. Like, he doesn't even have a real home field advantage. What about this, man? What? Hey, here's a hot take for you, man. We all think that Jacksonville might be the team to go to Germany. How about we send the Chargers over to Germany? How that that the Germany fans love. Love the the football over there that last week. They they embraced that team. How about the Chargers don't have any home field advantage? How about we send them over Germany to get a home field advantage? Maybe then their luck will switch, and maybe then uh, we can get some some Herbert in the playoffs going forward. What do you guys think about that? Wow, Chris, you were calling for more NFL fans to act like German fans. How about Williams's call out there? Just send the Chargers to Germany. I'm sure you're pro that. Yeah, might as well. I mean, they city jump all the time, so why not country hop? Why not country hop? Country hop, city jump. I like that. That's good. Something about that turn of phrase. But, Chris, I believe you had another take on the Chiefs. What do you got for us? So, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the front runner for the MVP. I know that Travis Kelce should be the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year. Here's a team lost their big playmaker in Tyreek Hill this offseason. People were wondering where are these – uh, big play is going to come from. Where are these touchdowns going to come from? It's Travis Kelce. He has stepped up in a huge, huge way, especially during a year when the tight end position is down. He's out there leading the league and receiving touchdowns with 11. He's sixth in the lead with 855 yards receiving. He has 69 receptions, and he produces big plays. He's had two games this year, just two, where his he didn't have a completion 
longer than 20 yards. Every other game, 20, 30, 40 yard catches all the time. Big play production. Huge reason why the offense for Kansas City is still chugging along like it has for the past three, four years. Kelchi, front runner for offensive player of the year. When you sent me this ahead of time, I thought it was awfully spicy, and I was prepared to push back against you with one particular player who you actually brought up there who exited Kansas City. And I just can't help but think if somebody's going to set a record in an offensive category, they have strong uh, case to be offensive player of the year. But, Chris, I don't often do this. You just laid out a really, really good case there, man. You may be on to something. You really may be on to something there. The one thing – I can't believe I'm doing this. The one thing that Tyreek Hill it's a Thanksgiving has miracle. him right now <laughs> is uh, is his lack of touchdowns. He moves the chains. He's getting receptions. Uh, last game or so, his yard total has been down. It's going to be tougher for him to reach that receiving yard record. But if he had three more touchdowns than his four, I would probably give him more props. But, like, Kelce catches touchdown, makes big plays. You can't flack him for that he deserves to be in that conversation and the front runner right now all right let's uh let's go to uh probably the uh other big outcome from uh last week i would have to say it's the dallas cowboys chris your cowboys absolutely laying waste to the minnesota vikings jimmy what do you got for us on that game yeah i've got uh, i've got my heel of the week being Kirk cousins once again in a prime spot, just not doing anything at all. Yeah, he had a good game the week before. But again, that was a game that they weren't expected to win. A lot of people had the Vikings in this one, and uh, he was 12-23 for 105 yards. Really pathetic performance. This game was over so much so that they left the game to go to other games uh, on the network. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, man, when when they leave your game, that's rough. Mr. Williams, your thoughts on uh, the Cowboys routing the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, we, that's why I, I picked Dallas minus one and a half last week. Uh, that was a pretty uh, sharp side. A lot, a lot of the public liked the Vikings. Um, but that was a huge emotional uh, letdown spot, you know, after that miracle win against Buffalo. Uh, and then we saw, we saw Dallas blow a 14-point lead. Uh, late against Green Bay, so I thought that was I thought that was going to be a good bounce back spot for Dallas. And Cousins' completion percentage drops thirty percent when pressured. And I mean, when you have Michael Parsons breathing down your neck, I mean you're going to get pressured. And and the reason why Dallas struggled, I thought, uh, with Green Bay is because Anthony Barr was out, uh, and so Parsons played linebacker more in that game. So that's why they didn't get as much pressure against Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay does have a better uh, offensive line. Than, than the Vikings do, but I mean, this Dallas team is a lot better when Parsons is on the line. So I thought that they would, you know, readjust and have him on the line more. And, and Cousins, which Cousins just had no chance in that game uh, last week. So uh, yeah, Cowboys looking tough uh, moving forward. They certainly are. You could, you know, the Cowboys are going to make the uh, playoffs in the NFC, and we know the Eagles are going to make the playoffs in the NFC. And it certainly looks like the 49ers are rounded towards making the playoffs in the NFC. But other than that, it's wide open down in the NFC South. We are going to get to the Bucks when Mr. Williams picks their game. 
But Chris, I know you got a thought about one of the other teams down there in the FC South. Let's uh, let's pick that one off here real quick. Yeah, I know the Falcons are a real contender and have a real shot of claiming that NFC South. I don't believe in in what the Bucks are doing right now. Uh, Brady has had what twenty minutes of good quarterback play so far this year. Uh, he's getting a lot of yards, but he's not getting the ball in the end zone. Um, and frankly, the Falcons have an easier schedule the rest of the way out. I see maybe just a couple of losses for them over the last uh, six, seven games. And I think there's a good chance that the Bucks could go and lose three to four of their remaining games. Um, they got some tough opponents, including like Cincinnati. I don't think this Cleveland game should be looked over by them. I mean, it's. I haven't been that impressed with the Tampa Bay and Atlanta's playing tough. I know they lost last week. I, I think they're two and three of the last five, but that running game accounts for something. And Cordell Patterson has just been a beast on the ground. I like the Falcons. I like Arthur Smith too. You could uh, you could tell me anything's going to happen in that NFC South, but I kind of would lead towards Brady. We'll probably ultimately end up on top there. So Chris, we know you got one more thing left. We'll get to that one. Uh, actually, let's do uh, let's do the Bucks Browns here, and then we'll get to uh, Chris's other thought when Williams makes another one of his picks. Williams, what do you got for us on Bucks Browns? Yeah, I mean, I could not disagree with Chris Moore here. I think the Falcons are frauds. Their defense is terrible, and losing Kyle Pitts. I know that th- this isn't going to go over well in the fantasy world because he really hasn't done anything in fantasy world, but in the real life world. Losing Kyle Pitts is absolutely humongous to defending this team. Now you don't have to worry about him. So now you can focus in on that running game. That's all they want to do. Uh, and, and, and you can focus on shutting down Drake London. But getting over to Tampa Bay, I, I think they know that, their divi- that, that the division is theirs to lose now. Uh, I mean, the Saints have lost the most games to injuries out of any team in the league in their division. And I'm, that's why I'm going back to the Bucks here, minus three and a half against Cleveland. I think this team is a play on for a while now. They are healthy on defense after eight weeks of guys being in and out. Their front seven is back to full strength, and their offense after the Rams win acted notably different versus Seattle. So Brady's off the bye here with time to sort things out. Uh, I think that's going to help play calling further. And the Browns' season changes completely with the Watson return next week. They're kind of in a weird transition here, I feel. They know their season's over uh, after that loss last week, and Deshaun – uh, coming back next week. So they're also the worst rush D EPA in NFL history so far. And I think the Bucks running game got going a little bit there last week. And the Bucks getting Akeem Nix back at defensive tackle. We touched on it a little bit last week. It's huge. You saw them shut down that Seattle run game last week. He's going to be a huge key in stopping this Browns rush attack that we know is pretty potent with, uh, with Chubb and, and Hunt. But uh, yeah, I think this is a, uh, this is just kind of a weird spot for Cleveland, and, and I like uh, I like Tampa coming off the bye here, minus three and a half. Jimmy, I believe we have sort of, right, I think Williams and, and myself at times, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that's, that's what I love you doing, telling me when I'm wrong because I need somebody to call me out, but I believe we've sort of preached patience with the Bucks and said when time comes to the end of the year, they'll probably right there be in the running. Have we not? You have. Uh, Brady has had a weird year, though, and then with all the financial stuff coming out this past week. Uh, they do. I mean, they've got they've got two hard games coming up, but then they they also have that they have a Falcons game, so they can go against them there and and get the win. I do still like the Bucks, but I don't think Chris is too far off though. 
Yeah, like I said, I think the NFC South is still way open, but Williams is certainly the handicapper on this. You should take his advice over over mine, the man who's just trying to be the merry jokester here. Let's move on to uh, Williams and Jimmy's team taking on the uh, Fireman Ed fan favorite, J-E-T-S, Jets, go Jets. Yeah, so I want to go with uh, – <laughs> I don't think Fields is playing, and uh, the Jets have uh, – announced that Zach Wilson's getting benched. So we're going to go with Mike White here. So we're not actually the, – the the Jets got steamed up to minus six. I don't feel comfortable really laying six with the Jets. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Bears team total under 16.5. Best juice on that is minus 110 on, on MGM. Uh, like I said, the Jets got steamed today. They're all the way up to minus six here. So even though it won't be Zach Wilson, uh, that's why I didn't really want to want to lay six there. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're yeah. taking a team total now. So team we've, total done, under. we've done a half of an entire game and we've done, and now we're doing a just team under, Hey, we were one and oh on that first half under. So uh, <laughs> I'm taking bears team total under. You've How, got the, let me ask you this real quick. Let the, come on, get open the, open the heart force here. Williams. How dirty do you feel right now? Making a bet against your team that they can't even score 17 points. Yeah, I mean, well, this is what's best for them. I mean, they you don't need to to put Fields out there where they, he shouldn't have been out there for the last drive last week. I mean, that was just totally ridiculous. And then not only is he out there, they have him rush up the middle like two different times when, when he's holding his shoulder. It's like they're they're not going anywhere anywhere any anywhere uh, this year anyway. So uh, I don't know why he was out there. All right, hey, wait uh, on one second. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask Jimmy about that as well. Jimmy, your thoughts about Fields in last week's game and all the talk that's been floating around that the Bears are uh, doing him dirty and running him too much. Well, of course they're doing him dirty because they finally have something that's a, a positive, and let's just run it in the ground and destroy it like everything else we ever do with the Chicago Bears. Williams, I'm sorry. I sidetracked you on your handicap in there, but I wanted to get that out. No, that's all right. I mean, I mean he's he's got to he's got to learn how to take slides too, man. Like he can't be getting hit. He's already in his second year and I'm already worried about his durability. Like he's he's tougher than nails. That was one of his positives coming out of Ohio State, but he just, he can't take this many hits, man. So, uh no, like getting back to this game, back-to-back road games here for the Bears. You've got the Pack coming in next week. That's probably their Super Bowl. Uh, and then you've got a bye after that. So uh, this is one that's like how prepared and how focused are the Bears going to be traveling again out of conference without fields, outdoors, versus this Jets D. And this Jets D has been fantastic lately. I'm going to guess not very pumped. So uh, <laughs> I'm taking the Bears team total under 16 and a half. There's not, not much else here. John Hussey is the referee for this game, and he is favored. He's the best uh, referee for home teams. So, uh, ding, 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 ding. Williams yeah. ref stat. Thank ref you, stat. Yeah. That's the only one I got for this week. So yeah, I don't, I don't see Trevor Simeon, uh, tearing up this, uh, this, uh, this Jets D, uh, that's who's playing quarterback for the Bears, Trevor Simeon. Shout out. Good for that guy. That, that's, why, that's why I'm taking the Bears team total under 16 okay, and a half. Fine. You're doing that. So you, you're confident in telling the people you don't think the Bears can score 17 points. How many points do you think the Jets are going to score? That's tough because we don't really know. Is it Mike White? Is it? Uh, I mean, they think it's going to be Mike White, but uh, is it going to be Windy? The Jets' offense really hasn't been that great, but the the Bears' D hasn't been that great. I don't know. This could be a this could be a seventeen thirteen game. It could be a twenty to three game. So I mean, all right, okay. 
I get it. You you don't want to go out on a limb. You're a handicapper. I understand. Chris, all right. I think you have a lean of who you think might lose this game. Chris, what do you got for us on this? So I will say that yeah, the Jets' defense is is top tier, but I know that the Jets are the Jets still, especially when it comes to this offense. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna steal a line uh, from Brian Costello, who writes for the New York Post. He covers the Jets. Is there something worse than putrid? If there is, that's what the Jets' offense is. <laughs> and they did it. They showed nice. it. Nice. I love our first ever newspaper quote is that one. That's good stuff. <laughs> they were horrid, absolutely horrid last week. They had two yards in the second half. Two. It's two yards. It, it's just, it's an unbelievable level of stink that the Jets' offense put out last week. Um it's like that. It's like the Billy it, Bean it, quote from Moneyball, right? He's like, "There's, there's a bottom level, and then underneath that bottom <laughs> level is a whole bunch of shit, and then underneath all of that shit is us." <laughs> right? I'm just saying that that it might be a six to three game. I mean, I don't know if changing quarterbacks is going to do. I mean, I guess it can't get worse. So um, what you're saying is this Zach is the weekend Wilson after Thanksgiving. Week Don't waste your time on Sunday with the Bears and the Jets. That's basically what we're saying here, right? Is that what I'm understanding? I wouldn't. I mean, not unless you want to see some guys attempt some field goals. I think that's about all you're going to get. <laughs> Who doesn't like field goal kicking? All right, there you have it. The the sensational pick of Bears under team total, 16.5 by our handicapper right there. Let's move on to his final game which includes one of my personal faves of this year, the Jags, baby. We all know I was in way on the Jags, and I think we're about to get a classic Williams circle back right here. Yeah, I mean, you also got the, the, the Jets' next two games are against the Vikings and Bills, so this is a big game for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Jets probably in a low-scoring game. Uh, I like Jacksonville and the Ravens under 43-and-a-half. Exciting, exciting picks here this week. Uh, I got Jags. Lo- At least that's the entire game. Entire Thank you. game, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Homestats here. The under is twelve and two against the spread, covering by over a touchdown per game, including a perfect five and zero this season. That's that's his home stats for his career. The under is twelve and two against the spread at home, so it's pretty crazy. You haven't been able to get any consistency with this Ravens offense either. This this Jags run D has been good. Uh, that's what you need when you go up against Baltimore. The Ravens kind of sleepwalking through this part of their schedule. This is kind of a, a cake uh, schedule here for, for them. And Lamar had an Ill, illness pop up late last week. You saw them struggle with Carolina late, late into the fourth quarter. That, was like, that game was like three to nothing late. So uh, now Lamar's name just popped up in the injury list this week. Questionable with a, with a hip. You know, I projected him to go, but how healthy really is he? You've got a good prep coach and Doug Peterson and the Jags coming off a bye here. So the Ravens, I think I just I think they're extra vanilla lately. I don't think they want to give anything away for these future playoff matches. We we've seen them have trouble in the playoffs, and I really think they're getting super conservative in these regular season games where they know that they can dominate the other team. I feel like this is a this is a classic uh, under here, forty three and a half, Jacksonville and Baltimore. Let me ask you one question then about this game, because we all know I love the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we don't have to belabor that point here. But we also know that I have a futures ticket on Ravens to the Super Bowl. What do you still think? What do you think my chances are of that of the Ravens rounding into form here and, and making a run at the right time? Yeah, I, I don't. I still don't trust them in the playoffs. 
I think this is a really good regular season team. I think this, I think they're comparable to Philly. I think they're a really good off uh, offensive, really good like regular season team. They're tough. They're tough to prepare for in the regular season, but in the playoffs, I can feel this tightening up. You can already see it with Philadelphia. They're tightening up, and the Ravens. We've seen this over and over again. They tighten up in these playoff games, and maybe Lamar can break through this year. They've had a lot of injuries on the offensive side, but. The, the AFC is just loaded, man. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then uh, you've got the Titans are playing well too. So, yeah, um, they are. The Titans are going to come up here in a minute. Yeah, so we'll we'll see, man. The AFC playoffs are going to be tougher as tougher than hell, man, to get through you, there. You ever have that thing happen in your head where somebody says something, and then immediately a song pops in your head? When you said "Tighten Up," there, Mr. Williams, I immediately thought of the Archie Bell and the Drells song called "The Tighten Up." Jimmy, I'm sure you thought of that song too, right? Yeah, I was going to pop in, but you popped in before me. Yeah, I beat you the punch on that one, didn't I? All right, so all we have left to do on our football portion of the podcast is the Tom Cruise Game of the Week grade and the pick for what game will be the Tom Cruise Game for this week. We picked last week the Detroit Fighting Football Lions versus the New York Football Giants. And ultimately, we didn't get another great game. The Tom Cruise game curse continues. This game was only 6-3 to three at the end of the first quarter. Then it was 17-6 to six at halftime. And it only ended up being 31-18 to 18 because the Giants got 12 points in the fourth quarter. Kind of garbage time. Ugly game. But maybe, just maybe, it will end up being important for someone in that game that the Lions, who I have my fingers crossed, make a late run to the final spot in the NFC, as we talked about earlier, being completely wide open. So to that end... Jimmy, I'm going to grade Lions v. Giants, born on the 4th of July. A movie that was good, a movie that got Tom Cruise an Oscar nomination, made him a legitimate real actor, but he didn't win the Academy Award, and I don't want to watch Born on the 4th of July again. Your thoughts? I was going to say, a, a good game, but something you never, ever want to watch again. Important uh, for both, you know, both the Giants and the Lions. It kind of shows you the Giants are kind of what... They should have been. Uh, they needed to win this game. This was a game that if you are really going to be a contender in the NFC, you have to come out and win, and they did not. I think it's a real good call, born on the 4th of July. All right. Williams, I see you got your you got your hand up here that we use in our, in our podcast room. What do you got for us? Yeah, Jimmy was right on this game. It ended up going over, and I, after I gave out that uh, the Giants home unders, like 15-1-1, one and one, the last like seventeen, and, and the game goes up over. And Jimmy, Jimmy thought that there would be a lot of points, but uh, yeah, Lions are rolling here. Lions have won three in a row, and guess what? Their next three games are all at home. The Bills struggling just a little bit with the uh, with the Allen. This shoulder. is the game, right? This is the game. They win this game, then they're. I mean, they're riding high. Yeah, I don't. I think they're live dogs here in the in the in the game in Thanksgiving against Buffalo here. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Nice. All right. Well, I want to give credit here to where credit is due. We workshopped the Tom Cruise game score before we record, and Mr. King had a thought about risky business and his thought about risky business and how it was important for Tom Cruise ultimately sort of helped lead me to born on the 4th of July. So shout out to Chris on that. 
And with that said, this week I'm going to pick, I mentioned it earlier, the Tennessee Titans are involved. I gave Mike Vrabel all the credit in the world last week. Tennessee somehow manages to play tight games and win tight games and just be around at the end of the year. And another team that seems to be rounding into form and can be awfully exciting is the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm picking Cincinnati versus Tennessee. Williams, can we get to a top gun level game with this one? I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, the the Bengals have a ridiculously tough schedule left, and I know I picked them to miss the playoffs going in just because of that schedule. But if this if this team can get any consistency with the, with the play calling, and they and right after I called out Zach Taylor like a month ago, they started like throwing more on first down. So maybe Zach Taylor's listening. I don't know. We're big but, uh, with industry people, Mr. Williams. We're big with industry people. <laughs> but if they get if they get Jamar Chase back going down, uh, you know, going down the stretch here, this this Bengals team is dangerous. And as much as I crapped on Tennessee, that the Titans team is dangerous too. They just do it with smoke and mirrors. They just do it with smoke and mirrors. Listen, you get that last Tennessee <laughs> shot in there. All right, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Williams, you have a happy Thanksgiving, sir. We are thankful for all that you bring to the podcast. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Tell Wu, I said, what's up. You got it. There you go. You just let the cat out of the bag. We have a surprise for the people on the other side. When we come back, Mr. Jamriska is going to be driving, and we are going to be joined by an old friend who loves to talk hoops with us. Stick around. Fast break is ahead. All right, are you ready for the fastest 15 minutes in the NBA? And if you think we're going to do it in 15 minutes today, you're sorely mistaken. You are on fast break on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am Jimmy, joined as always by the Mr. Morgan You Know, Rod Morgan. How are you today, sir? I am great, Jimmy. We are almost upon Thanksgiving. And yeah, you guys are going to have some extra time on your hands. So this will be a little extra episode of a fast break for you. Extra in time, I suppose. Yeah, we've had uh, a terrific episode with Williams. Uh, Chris King, how did you feel about the NFL portion of the show tonight? It was it was one of our better podcasts. It's a, it's a very good listen. Okay, and now, wait a minute. What do I hear? Whose music is that? Is that Matt Kazursky? Matt, Matt Wu-Tang, are you here? Hi. <laughs> That is right. Wu-Tang is back and ready to go. We've got him on the basketball pod because that is what he loves to do. But here's the thing. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, Last week, we did a lot of thankful stuff, Rod. This week, I'm going to throw a little curveball at everybody. We're starting with the Rod Dimnation of the week. Jimmy, I'm going to throw a curveball right back at you because it's Thanksgiving and because we all should be thinking about what we're thankful for in our lives. I was not going to do a Rod Dimnation this week. I was going to do a what am I thankful for? And what I am thankful for is going to be a weird one, but let me get there. I am thankful for the NBA Rules Committee. The NBA Rules Committee has worked on how to improve the National Basketball Association product tirelessly for years, and no one ever gives them any credit. 
Well, I'm giving them all the credit in the world now. The pace of play in the NBA is up this year. Scoring is up this year. Individual scoring is up this year. Teams seem to care a little bit more. These games early on in the regular season seem important. They come down to the wire. They're fun, exciting watches. And I think there's one thing we can point to and be thankful for that leads to all of this. And it is the abolition of the take foul in the NBA. It was killing the game. Too many free throws, too many stoppages, and we were literally getting rid of the highlight TikTok YouTube plays by stopping fast breaks. That is no longer allowed in the NBA, and I am thankful for the pace of play and the rules committee for installing that new rule and no longer allowing the take foul. Jimmy, what do you think of that? Oh, I just love the fact that you've just taken our our, 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 our sheet and just ripped it up and thrown it out. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to get to some positive things uh, that Wu-Tang and Chris King are also uh, thankful for. But I do want to talk to Wu-Tang about the take foul. Rod, I think that's a terrific take, no pun intended there, because the games have been faster. They've been more exciting. You've gone two, three, four, five minutes without a foul being called. Wu-Tang, thoughts on the take foul being thrown out and anything else you are thankful for this NBA season? I'll tell you what I'm not thankful for. I think we bring I think we bring the evil ending to the NBA. Hashtag ball state. <laughs> uh, that's about right. That's about right. How, so, okay. Uh, all right. So we want to bring the Elam ending to the NBA. Uh, why is that? Or did you just say it for the hell of it? Uh, just for the hell of it. Okay. Well, I appreciate no, you that. Know, you, know, you know who's you know who started the Elam. Uh, you know who created the Elam ending? Correct. A kid by the name of Elam, I believe. And do you know where he went to college? Where did he go to college, Wu-Tang? Ball State. Go oh, Ball State. At least the Ball State ties in somehow, because that's literally where I was going to go, Jimmy. I was like, the Elam ending seems like an interesting place to turn this, but then what's hashtag Ball State got to do with it? But okay, that's Wu. A, that, that's, a, that's a Ball State professor. But I guess in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying, Rod, but, but I think there's a, a larger thing we need to look at when it comes to fouls. And what would that be? <laughs> well, I, I, I think we up. I think we we stick that foul back in. Up the fouls. Okay, more you fouls. Know what I mean? Good. I think, I think like summer league. What did they get? Like nine. Right. Okay. So you want more free throws? You want and more, more free throws? And you want the yes. games to be like baseball length, right? Like yes. four and a half, five I hour. Do, game. I want more. I want more free throws. And then, uh, okay. the, then you'll see the teams who are like the Golden State Warriors. Uh, fundamentally sound, good free throw teams. Then we're going to see some good things. Hey, I'll uh, tell you who loves this podcast, Jimmy, Jack Edison, because he preached free throws when it came to basketball at Plymouth High School. So, uh, uh, Dearly departed Jack Edison. I apologize. (laughs) Jack Edison cannot listen to this podcast. God rest his soul. Is he alive still? Or not? Is that why you say God rest his soul, Rod? I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure he's, I'm fairly certain he's passed. Okay, so Chris (laughs) King. Chris, Chris, just talk about something in NBA right now. Just say anything NBA related. I got to see if Jack Edison's dead. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you what Is I'm he not passed? For. I'm sorry. If I just killed Jack Edison, I apologize. <laughs> I am thankful that my team isn't tanking this year. I hate tanking to a passion. Everybody who listens knows this. And my Indiana Pacers are not tanking. They're out there. They're playing hard. They're winning. 
I love that. Everyone thought they were going to be taken. You see it way too much in the NBA. I'm just so happy that the Pacers aren't. What do you mean you see it way too much in the NBA? Who's who's tanking right now? Tell me the teams that are tanking right now in the NBA. Houston. Detroit. Okay, there's one. They're just bad. Charlotte. There's two. Okay, there's three. There's 30 teams. I'm just saying... Every year, and you know what's Who's happening this the most, year because Chris? everybody wants that. That will probably Houston, if you want to be honest. Um, I would, I would actually push I back mean, against Detroit. that. I'll tell you, the San Antonio Spurs are taking harder. And do you want to know why? The San Antonio Spurs rested Jakob Pertl when they played the Los Angeles Lakers. Jakob Pertl would have been perfect. <laughs> would have been perfect to guard Anthony Davis. And they rested Devin Vassell when they played the Phoenix Suns. Devin Vassell would have been perfect to guard Devin Booker. The Spurs, <laughs> good at winning, good at taking. <laughs> they know how to lose. <laughs> they did okay, get Tim so, Duncan. So other than, other than somebody in, in Ohio that's not Jack Edison uh, in Plymouth, I think Jack Edison is still alive. Okay, so. I apologize, Jack Edison. He, he did retire. Uh, in 2007. Well, there so, you go. I just thought I just thought he had passed for some reason. It's there, been a long there, time since I've been back to Plymouth. Don't come to me that. for your Plymouth news. So, Rod, uh, going off of Chris here, real quick. Uh, Pistons, Hornets. You know, they're are they tanking or are they just not good right now? I mean, the Hornets I think the and Pistons, Pistons are two teams good. going in different directions, right? I, I think the Pistons wanted to be good, and I just think it hasn't worked out for them. They had a kind of tough early schedule, and then Cade Cunningham being hurt might go ahead and force their hand. I think Utah and Danny Ainge having true serum in them wanted to tank, but they're just too good. That's just, They're just too far ahead of the game right now to even think about tanking. And I think the Oklahoma City Thunder, with Chet Holmgren not being in there, they definitely would, would maybe want to tank. But I think you're seeing that Shea Gildas-Alexander is too good. I think my guy Poku is actually showing he can be, can be an NBA rotation player and provide something positive for them at times. Josh Giddy can do everything Love in the Josh league Giddey. except shoot. Except shoot, right? He can't it's shoot. Ugly. So, so I'd imagine Chris King loves him because Chris loves guys who can't shoot. Josh Giddy can do everything but shoot, so Chris probably loves him. But no, Chris is right that there will be tanking for Wembenyama, and you're right too, Jimmy, because the Rockets, they could care less about winning. Jalen Green could care less about passing, and the Rockets <laughs> could care less about winning. I'll tell All you right, who I what? like on the Rockets. I like that Kevin Porter Jr. Another one who could care zero about passing. That dude has never met a shot he doesn't like. Yeah, well, was he the one that they got from the Cavs for a second yes. round pick? Yeah, yeah, yes. because the, the Cavs, Cavs were just happy. Said, can't be here anymore. And get out the of Cavs, the Cavs would actually do that again. But one team, guys, that is not tanking, they are the team that this podcast represents. It's the Sacramento Kings. Now they lost a tough one like to uh, to Atlanta, but the Sacramento Kings are one of the hottest teams uh, from the three point line, Chris, in the NBA. Our, team, our, our Kings are 10-7. and seven. They're doing pretty good right now. All right, we're just going to go right into the hardwood hierarchy since you brought up the Kings. Hell yeah. Sound the trumpets, go. baby. Sound the trumpets. Let's go. Okay, so, so King, still Boston. We know how good they are. Jason Tatum's a man. They're still the, the King. Week, by the way. Bucks, still one of the best teams in the East. They're the Queen. And I have co-princes. I have two teams to go in that prince slot. Two princes. Ah, oh, spin doctors D. here. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, man. That's a hot take. All right. Well, hold Listen, on. Chris, tell us who the jester is. 
Jester is the Charlotte Hornets. Okay, all right, lot, lot, lot to, a lot to unpack here. Let's start with the let's start with the positives here. The Celtics are amazing. They are uh, they are led by Jason Tatum. First to 550 points this season. 37, 13, and five is fine. His his last game. Celtics are hot. Uh, they are a team that you can see has good leadership. That new coach has done a great job so far. Uh, throwing Joe Mazzula throwing in uh, at the very last minute. I cannot think of a team that's done a better job under the circumstances, gentlemen. Shout out to Joe Mazzula. Yeah, he's yep. doing a really great job. And this evening, I was watching their game earlier, and it was the first time I got to hear Joe Mazzula speak. And he's a real kind of no-nonsense guy. So I could see why he was Ime Udoka's main lieutenant and uh, why he might still be able to continue the Celtics on the winning ways that Udoka first helped install last year. Let's just hope that one Mazzula can comport himself better off the court than Ime. Even though we don't know what Ime did, we he still clearly know. must have done something. Yes. Well, we, we know what Ime did. We do not. We don't traffic in rumors on this podcast, Wu-Tang. Well, I'm fairly confident. <laughs> he, was, he, he was there. Uh, are you fairly confident in your Bucks being able to sustain this, Wu-Tang? Uh, Chris Middleton, he's a player on the Bucks, isn't he? What's going on with him? Well, uh, I'll tell you, the Bucks right now, their defense is amazing. Brooke Lopez. Lost is... the Bulls 118-113. Okay, yeah. Brooke Lopez is probably front runner for defensive player of the year right now. Wow. I would totally second that, and I think it's an amazing second career arc that Brooke Lopez has had. Yeah, I think that deserves mad respect. I'm a big fan. Remember, he was on Brooklyn. He was on the Lakers. He yep. Oh, yeah, he's, he was yeah. solid. He's just doing what he does now. Big wrestling fan as well, Jimmy. You know we got to love the Lopez boys because of that. Shout out. He's one of our biggest listeners. Brooke or Robin? <laughs> huh? Robin doesn't like us very much. Rob, no. Robin's Robin's emailed in a few times. He's he's not a fan. <laughs> he hates my takes on AEW. <laughs> he does hate your AEW takes a lot there. Chris King, all right. You've got two princes. The Indiana Pacers, who actually want to win, apparently, uh, and the Sacramento Kings. Justify those as being your princes here. Okay, so for one, we all know that this is about who has done more for me lately. And... Both the Kings and the Pacers are 8-2 and two over the last 10 games. That is a clip that you cannot ignore, especially when it comes to my hierarchy. Uh, we talked last week about the Kings' elite offense, and they just continue to get better. But the Pacers They overtook the really Celtics. I believe they're number one defense. now, aren't they, Chris? They are number one now. Yep. Yeah, they are number one. Uh, but the Pacers have improved their defense as of late. If you go back uh, three weeks ago, they were giving up almost 118 points per game. They have got their season average down to 114 points per game because they've been locking up teams uh, these past couple weeks, and you can't ignore it. That's why they're my princes. They've been playing better than just about everybody else. Two princes kneel before you. That's what I said now. One has diamonds in his pockets. All right, we're going to get struck for that as well. Okay, and check that. All right. Then we that have wasn't even court- on beat. There's no way they're going to get us for that. <laughs> then we have our court jester. I don't get that, actually. Why am I lost with that? That's the Spin Doctor song, Wu. Oh. The Charlotte Hornets, Wu-Tang. Yeah. Name two players on no, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, how can you be this bad for this long is my question for you. Well, I think they've kind of had some normally I would say bad management, but they've actually had some kind of tough breaks. 
I mean, you don't go ahead and lose, my, was it Miles Bridges, right? Yes. Mikhail. Yeah, Miles. Lose him. Yeah, Mikhail's like, don't put me in here. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. You don't lose you don't lose him and then you don't lose, you know, LaMelo hasn't even played. Yeah. You know, he's uh, played a couple games as a fantasy owner of LaMelo. He's played a couple <laughs> games. Yeah, I mean, they are not they're they're not a bad team, but they're losing their I mean, it's like they've lost their two best players. I think Gordon Hayward just got hurt again as we're talking right now. Did he really? Of course. Oh, he yeah. didn't, but I mean, that's how oh. often he seems <laughs> to get hurt. He he no, he actually may have. <laughs> No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think they're bad. I don't think. I think. I don't think they're purposely tanking. I don't think they have a choice. I well, they also haven't. They, they also haven't drafted very well recently. Yeah, PJ Washington did a good job, but their last couple times I dream that he is me. <laughs> did they draft last year that James Boyanga guy or whatever the fuck? Uh, Book no, that guy was their old coach. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> James. It was Boyanga. James Booknight. Yeah. <laughs> The fucking guy from uh, Star Wars. <laughs> we have one rule on this podcast. Do you guys remember a rule we used to have back in the 3 and D days when me, Chris, and Wu-Tang used to do that? One of our rules was if you have a Plumlee on your team, things probably aren't going well. And the yeah. Hornets have a Plumlee. <laughs> they, have, they, 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 have a, they have a Plumlee. <laughs> but actually, Plumlee's playing pretty solid. <laughs> that dude goes hard. I mean, listen, he when you come hard. from Warsaw, Indiana, you only know one thing to do, and that's go hard. Oh, no. All right, so we uh, we are going to end the show on my final, uh, my heel of the week. I think we're going to have some disagreement here. Uh, my heel of the week is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, Ooh. I will tell you that I understand that you're, you're in a slump at the free throw line and you need to shoot and things like that. But also, people have jobs to do. And I will tell you one thing. The last thing I want to do after working probably a 16-hour day is to wait another hour for some guy to shoot free throws while I need to get a camera off of the backboard. So, Giannis, you can go shoot anywhere else. They have got they've got practice gyms in the facility. You can go somewhere they else. They don't if you actually want. in Philadelphia. You could go somewhere else if you Thank want. You, or, or how about this? How about this? How about this? Just don't be an ass. Just go somewhere else and do it. He's my heel of the week. Did you just one. use Giannis and ass in the same sentence? Dude, yeah, he can't never be, acted like an ass to anybody his entire life. This is ridiculous. I'm going to wait. Did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he just did. Uh, he did this past week. And uh, he can what be a great guy do? everywhere else. He's fantastic. Hey, listen, he's Explain one of the best guys ever. Be such People have bad days. People have wanna, bad days. Let, let's, let's dissect this, Jimmy. What did oh, he God. do to be an asshole? Uh, he, uh, well, he pushed the ladder. He, he stayed pushed after the ladder, or asked... did he move the ladder? And oh, it my fell. Christ in love. He moved the ladder. They moved it back. Then he threw the ladder, and it fell and toppled over. And he was not paying attention to where that ladder was going. If that would have hit somebody, it would be a whole different conversation. He Why is lucky it did the fucking ladder there anyway? They, they had to do their job. Because they have I mean, to tear listen, down the court. There's you a know, different event the very next over. day that's not an NBA game. Listen, he's on the road. If it was in Milwaukee, it'd be a completely different story. He's at like a, if it was in a different city on the road. If he's that concerned about his free throws, he should have been practicing them more before the game. I'm just saying, if you have a weak spot, that's when you practice on it. Obviously, he didn't because otherwise he doesn't go four or fifteen. All right, that's why he's getting fouled so many times because he can't make. Free throws. It's instead of hack a shack, it's hack Giannis. 
Okay, but see, Chris, I love what you did here, and you do this so often. You basically turn the argument into Giannis can't shoot free throws. That's not what we're talking about here. Jimmy <laughs> called Giannis an ass earlier, right, and made him his heel of the week. All right, and then okay, Jimmy's talking here's, about – Let me – yeah, I'll get a go, quote. Go, I got a quote go, from you that go. really, really makes me upset with Giannis. I think people did not respect the fact that sometimes players want to get some extra work in. I think it's unprofessional to kick somebody off the court or take the ball or whatever or put the ladder in front of somebody while he's trying to do his job. We get paid to do this. They didn't just pick us. We get paid. Well, so does those guys working on the event staff or the stadium staff that has to take down and convert that whole arena into something completely different for the next day. And if he's not going to respect those low-paid workers where he has the money that he could go rent a gym out someplace in Philadelphia and, and practice his free throws till 4 in the morning, and no one would even be bugging him or trying to work around him, but he didn't. He doesn't respect those workers. That was very clear by that quote, and you can even see it in his actions when he's throwing the ladder. That's, this, I'm, so, no. I'm so shocked. Go ahead, Wu. Go ahead. Well, I, I mean, I equate it to anything else. That's his office. If I'm in my office, and there's been times where I've been in my office later at night, and cleaning people come in, that'd be, that'd be akin to them kicking me out of my office when I'm trying to get some work done. I, I, I see where you're going there, but let's not, let's not make sports real life, okay? Because that's the <laughs> other thing that I want to make here. Sports is not real life, okay? Sports is not real life. And Chris, another little slight pushback I want to make here is I believe that most of these workers in question and the latter in question is ESPN-related. These guys were getting TV cameras down because there's a bunch of extra TV cameras that are associated with big primetime games like that one was. I would venture to say that those guys might not have a gig working on the NBA crew were it not for a guy like Giannis, okay? I hate having to make that argument because I would love to sit here on this podcast and chop it up with you dudes for 15 to 20 minutes about the ways people should comport themselves when interacting with other human beings, but that's not the real world that we live in in 2022 anymore, okay? The NBA makes all of its money and gets its worldwide influence off of the back of guys like Giannis. If he wants to come out and shoot a few extra free throws, he gets to come out and shoot a few extra free throws for 10 to 15 minutes. Because let's be serious here. The guy's not going to be sitting out there for 90 minutes putting on a lather. All of this business that Montrose Harrell did by stealing his ball and then the ladder being put up and then being taken down and then being put up again, that caused him to stop shooting free throws. If anybody would have thought to themselves, that's Giannis Antetokounmpo over there, two-time MVP, a guy who the Disney Corporation made a movie about his life. I'm going to let him get in a couple extra free throws and tell my wife that I got to stand on the court and watch Giannis shoot free throws for a few extra minutes when I get home. That's where we all should have landed on this, but instead we all decided to get hot takey and find something we could shoot arrows at the primetime NBA number one face, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And frankly, I'm disgusted by it. And Jimmy, I don't want to be sound too harsh here, but I'm shocked to hear it out of you. I really am. That's a fantastic soliloquy, Rod. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Montrez Harrell is the biggest ass out of the, the whole thing, just for the record. I don't want to let him skate because he did start a lot of this. And then the dick move that he did was go on the other side and sh start shooting just to be an ass. So that was exactly. 100% there. However... 
people watching that video, if you don't think Giannis is in the wrong at the end of that video, then I, I can't I can't say anything about you. There's nothing no, nothing further to discuss. You are wrong, and you can't admit it. And I'm sorry for you. Uh, and I and I pray for you. Okay, uh, but let me ask you this, Jimmy. Yeah. Let me ask Chris this question. All right, because we'll, we'll do this for a minute or two more here. Do you believe that those workers would have done any of that business with the ladder had Montrez Harrell not done his stuff? So I think Montrez is more to blame here, just like Jimmy said. Woo, what do you think? Agree. You know, Tony, Tony from the suburbs of Philly, you know what I mean, is not going to be all like, hey, Giannis, get out of the way, man. We got we got some cheesesteaks we got to go get. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to do that he, if Montrez Harrell doesn't come out there and try to get that's such a cheap after playing his two and a half owl. minutes in the game. That's what just like doing a what about is No, it, listen. Yeah, listen. All right, here, here we go. Owl. Here we go. I'm driving, I'm driving this show, and this is where we're going to end it at. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. Let's go on to the Yeah, We Know podcast. We are in the ring with Jimmy and Rod and Chris, and Wu-Tang is here as well. We are going to do some picks so we can go into the elimin- or excuse me, the Elimination Chamber War Games at Survivor Series for the first time on the main roster. We've only got four matches on this show. Why? Because War Games matches are going to be about an hour and 15 minutes each, I think. Uh, Rod, are you excited for War Games? I'm absolutely excited for War Games, and look at you. You are clearly not excited to talk about Giannis anymore, so you just moved us right on to the Thanksgiving treat for the people, a little yep. a little taste of what we do talking wrestling. I would venture that if you get a hold of Peacock this Saturday night and you've never watched wrestling before, you will happen upon a spectacle that will catch your eyes because I made the Mrs. Morgan you know watch the War Games from 2021, I believe it was, in NXT, and she was absolutely mesmerized. And I know for a fact that our buddy Chris King felt the same way when I had him watch a War Games match. Yeah, you're you're right about that. Like I God, didn't do I know what it was. You told me which one to go watch, and I was floored about how exciting it was. And it's going to be even better, I think, in Survivor Series. All right, Wu Tang, does this uh, does this uh, get your get your uh, fancy going at all here, buddy? We got two rings. We got a cage. We got ten competitors. Wow, they start one on one, and then the bad guys come in for two on one, and then the good guys come in two on two, and they do that until there's five on five, and then the match actually begins where you have to have a pinfall, a submission. Um, what do you? What does that do for you? Are you excited well, about that? Well, how do they decide? I mean, is it like the Royal Rumble where they pull names out of a hat? Uh, they are two different teams. Uh, there's five good guys, five bad guys. And uh, they just uh, they had to do a they have to do a match to see who gets the advantage, but the bad guys always get the advantage because it's a lot more fun to have two on one uh, bad guys to good guys instead of two good guys to one bad guy. Yeah, no, I guess I I mean I I'm I'm feeling semi interested. Okay, well, thank you for that. Appreciate that, uh, Rod. We, before we get to the war games matches, we've got Shotzi versus Ronda for the SmackDown Championship. Um, Ronda's going to win this. Uh, who do you think is going to win this, Rod? <laughs> I love the way you frame that one. Uh, I mean, yeah, Rod is definitely not going to lose the belt to Shotzi at Extreme Rules in Boston, Massachusetts on Thanksgiving weekend. You know what I mean? Like that's definitely not happening. But no, I just want to give a shout. I just want to give shouts to the to the Green Warrior herself, the Green Punk Warrior from Oakland, California, Shotzi. Like she's just like naturally grown on me as somebody who's just showed up, showed up, 
wrestles pretty decent matches, and I popped for her when we were at the SmackDown Live in Indianapolis, and she won that five-way match to get this. I popped up and was like, yeah, all right, cool, because I was way more excited to see her get this than Liv Morgan again or any other people they had in that match, or Raquel Rodriguez to come down and smile at me and then turn around and show me her back one more time. Uh, I was like, let me see Shotzi. You got to love that back, don't you? Chris King, (laughs) who's going to win? I mean, would anybody pick anybody but Rousey? I don't see how she could lose her title this quick. There's no way. She's exactly what the title belt holder needs to be. You know, coming out mean mugging everybody, threatening to break. You mean a manager arms. for Shayna Baszler? I'm enjoying That's what the belt holder is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I saying. I... I think Rousey's a good title holder, and she's definitely going to keep it. Wu Tang, who you got? Shayna or Shotzi Black Shotzi or Ronda Rousey? All right, Wu Tang is going to take Ronda Rousey. Sweet. All righty. Uh, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Rod. Uh, this is uh, going to be one of the better matches we see. Uh, singles matches of the week. Uh, I think that uh, AJ Styles has to win this match because where where are they going if they don't? Uh, who you got, Rod? Judgment Day. Give me Finn Balor. Okay. Thank goodness we we uh picked somebody to I just play. I don't here, here's why. I don't okay, you say they got to go somewhere with the with the OC and I know they just put Mia Yim in there but like where? Where are we going with the biker accountants? Mia Yim seems uncomfortable in that. It doesn't seem to fit her, right? It seems it seems a little bit Jimmy and I'm sorry to say this in the Triple H era where we're not allowed to question booking. It seems a little Vince McMahonish to me. A little bit of square peg in a round hole. You needed somebody for these guys. Mia Yim was the next sort of one on deck. You just said let's do it and i don't buy it so i'm going with judgment day here because they have so much heat and i just feel like those guys win and crowd being so mad at them i just i like that energy at the pay-per-view yeah they so me and him and rhea ripley have a little history in nxt but they haven't built that up yet in in a way that is meaningful so that i kind of see where you're coming on that if you don't know the history uh but also if you do know the history it's still it's me and so i understand that as well chris king who you got I'm with you, Jimmy. It's got to be Styles. Otherwise, what are they doing? Uh, I do think there's going to be a lot of interference, but I think AJ Styles gets over. I think that allows Judgment Day to get back on with their feud with Edge. And so we may lead that up into WrestleMania. So I didn't even think. So I think think they got to let Styles win. Jimmy, I did not even think about Edge possibly showing his face here. Pay-per-view, as we yeah. joke about all the time, Edge really only has comebacks as his character these days. Yep, that is his character, and and, and maybe his wife is going to be involved as well, but we'll talk oh, about yeah. that Man. right now. We have Team Bianca, which has the aforementioned Mia Yim, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, and a mystery partner against the Party Crashers, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross. In war games, um, I'm going to give this one. I, I think I've got to wait give a minute. This, wait yeah. a minute. We have another match that's not a war games match, Jimmy. What do we got? We got my guy, the visionary, the revolutionary, the United States champion. Seth no, freaking have... Rollins is taking say... on Bobby Lashley and, and Austin Theory. Come on. <laughs> how are you going to chump my guy? <laughs> I was going to save that for the end. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, fine. We'll do it now. Um. Uh, Okay, Rod, how big is Rollins going to win this match? 
I I kind of I think this match is going to be quick, actually, right? Yeah. Like, I think I'm with you. I think Finn and AJ are going to be given a lot of runway here, and I think the War Games matches are going to take a lot of time, so something's got to give, and I think it's going to be this match. And I think what we're probably going to see is a Rollins gets the better of Bobby Lashley charging Bull in a china shop who just hammers down Austin Theory, and all of a sudden Rollins is the opportunist, and this match is over. So, yeah, I think we could see a quick one, and, of course, my guy Rollins walks out. Chris I'd King. never pick anything else though, so don't listen I know. to me. I wrote it. I wrote it down before you even started talking. Chris King. I really want Lashley to get the title back. I like this little. I just want to hurt people. Heel turn that he's doing, but I think. I think Rod's guy is going to come out victorious. Oh, okay. So you are picking Rollins. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean sweep for Rollins. Jimmy, are we excited about Theory already put back into a match like this? Um, I would have liked to see him build up a little bit more because he's still kind of getting his butt kicked a lot. Um, I I like to see him built up a little bit more before going back. Well, yeah, I think it's a little soon. I was I was surprised to see this triple threat match be on the card. So let's go to the women's war games match here. Uh, first of all, who's going to win? And then for a bonus point, who is the mystery partner going to be, which should be revealed on SmackDown? Rod, Team Bianca, or the Party Crashers, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki Cross? All right, I got a couple quick points here, Jimmy, so uh, uh, allow me, all right? Sure. First off, I want to say I do not like the ending of Raw, okay? I understand your point that the bad guy needs to get the advantage, but I really don't know why that had to end with just Asuka basically getting worked by Rhea and then just straight up pinned in the middle of the ring. I don't like that for our girl Asuka. I also don't like that, hey, we're going to actually give this to you on SmackDown, okay? You and I talk about how maybe we don't yeah. need the brand splits anymore, but it was just really, really kind of a kick in the gut to see Bianca Belair, who never really shows up on SmackDown ever since she got drafted over to Raw, to tell you, hey, guess what? I'm going to show up on this show on another network on an actual prime time, like regular network, and give you this big <laughs> news, man. If I was USA, I'd be really, really angry about that. Well, without Raw, USA would not be a network at all, so I think they're just happy that Raw's there. But I do get your point there. Chris King, thoughts on that? So, I think Ripley and the Party Crashers win. I think Ripley pins the EST, sets up a title match for that. I think the fifth person with... Uh, Bianca and them will be Becky. I think then that allows the party crashers and Becky Lynch to have a program on Raw. Okay. Uh, Rod, what was your uh, pick and person? I'm uh, I'm going to have to back the Mrs. Morgan you know here. Yeah. She told me that she really has a good thought about Beth Phoenix being the fifth person in this match. Beth and uh, Rhea certainly have some unfinished business. The last uh, premium live event we saw her husband involved in, uh, Beth got a uh, – definitely involved at the hands of Rhea Ripley's concerto. So that's who, I, that's who I'm going to pick there. And yeah, I'm going with the Chris's answer here. I'm going with the uh, party crashers team because Bianca Cena, the only way that Bianca Cena can lose a match like this is if it's not necessarily for the title and there can be a whole bunch of schmozzery that ends up getting her pinned. So I like the party crashers team to win this. It really does set up a lot more if Bianca gets pinned by someone. And I think Rhea is the person to, have her get pinned by maybe setting up a match for the Royal Rumble, which I think would be amazing there. So I do think that the party crashes, Rippling Cross will win that. I also think Beth Phoenix is going to be the person. 
Uh, listen, I I know Becky's been hurt. Becky would be awesome to be the person, but then, yeah, don't get me wrong. I would pop for days if it was oh, yeah. Becky Lynch. Yeah, no question. But then the whole match kind of changes. It changes then. So we'll see what happens. I think Beth is the person. Uh, a Candice LeRae or a Liv Morgan is not going to get you that surprise that Bianca. I'll take said. Liv, but if it's Candice LeRae, Jamie well, Riot. But, well, Bianca's like, hey, you won't be disappointed. So that really does take those two out. It really does. See, I think so, you could still get a live with that kind of an answer. She was just SmackDown Women's Champion, Jim. They're still trying to build her as somebody big. I don't think they would they would put her in that category. So if I think it's Liv, they would say, well, we told you it wasn't be a disappointment. Okay. And then finally, we have um, we have the Brawling Brutes, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre against the Bloodline in the war games match and i think this is going to you this is going to be an unbelievable match and i think pete dunn might kill himself at one point here because he's Um, starting in the ring right i mean let's be honest with that brawling bruce oh yeah he's the one who's going to be in the ring for the longest time yeah it's 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 a pete dunn it's a it's a Sami Zayn, perhaps i think that would be kind of a cool way to start things off with um i think jay uso's getting pinned though and I think Jay Uso is getting pinned by Kevin Owens. Let's talk about Kevin Owens here to start. Yes. That was that was Thank one of goodness. the biggest pops I've had for uh, in wrestling for a while, man. Like I when when KO came out on that SmackDown dude, and the, and they hit that guitar, and he came out and stunned Roman Reigns. Like I absolutely popped. That was one of the bigger pops I've had in a while. Yeah, he had a he had a scare, um, yeah, with his knee, but obviously that that's okay. So that's wonderful that he is able to wrestle in the match. Chris King, are you thinking that the... Uh, well, actually, Rod, who's going to win that match? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, bloodline. I'm going to go okay. with the bloodline. I'm just... Because I want to be on the other side of you and just like... Roman just seems to just not lose, right? Even though this is the kind of situation, the same thing I said about Bianca where he could and it's not necessarily he loses his title or anything. I still just... They don't like doing anything dirty to Roman at all. So I just think Roman pins somebody and just looks great again. Okay, Chris King. I'm going to go with uh, the Brutes and McIntyre and Kevin Owens. I think I think something happens where the rift with Jay and Sammy definitely increase. Um, that may go where the Bloodline wins, though, actually, where it's Sammy either helping Roman or or something and then create I don't know but I, I I don't want the bloodline to win so I'm going with the brutes and I I do I think Kevin Owens going to get the pin against somebody All right I was like did you just pick both teams to win so okay that that's good I think it's going to be a terrific show it's going to be something that a lot of people have never seen before because people don't watch NXT like you know Rod and yourself Chris and uh they've had some terrific matches and millions the, and millions yes. and millions of other people. Oh no, quite. Oh, you know, no question. So I think this is going to be something talked about, uh, like a pay per view has been talked about in a in a long time, and that is what the WWE needs. It's what they want, and it's going to be a great show on Saturday this week. I hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving. This has been Balls and Brew Fast Break, the Yeah We Know podcast. Uh, Rod, you're going to say your goodbyes, and then, of course, we will leave it to Chris King to end the show.
I just want to take a second here again to reiterate how thankful Jimmy and I and Chris and Williams and all of the other luminaries, Mrs. Morgan, you know, that we have come through here for you out there that pay attention to us, that listen to this podcast, that check out the Mrs. Morgan, Eno's blog, that follow along with us on social media and send in questions every once in a while. We absolutely appreciate that. And why don't you just tell a couple of friends of yours here at the end of the year in the holiday times, they got a few extra time on their hands. Tell them, hey, you want to listen to something new? Check this out. We would greatly appreciate it as uh, as we're all being thankful for things on this holiday season. Goodbye, Internet.